don't jump into it just yet. Morgan's just about to buzz. Buzz, buzz. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Hello, everyone, and welcome. No. <laughs> 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 Chicago, we'll say with our chest that of all the sports, soccer is the best. We're talking fire, the Red Stars, Premier League to boot. With Brady, Dave, and Herman, you might learn a thing or two, because we're the Windy City. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Windy City Wingers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Fire, Chicago Red Stars, and a trip across the globe for a soccer update from all over the world. My name is Alex Herman, and I'm joined, as always, by Dave Kolichkowski and Brady Olson. I switched it up that time. Did either of you notice? Immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. As always, quick shout out to Ian Scarlato working behind the glass in the lab, down with his Bunsen burners and chemicals, cleaning things up, wow. making our podcast sound professional, crisp, and clean. And the lab a sounds tube. a lot cooler all of a sudden. So. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> well, did you have, what, what else did you picture as in the lab? Or was it just nerds with chemicals and test tubes? <laughs> All right, let's I get was off. Picturing a different type of lab. <laughs> Completely. Yeah, that could be. I was thinking more of the living room watching TV. But you know, I'm like, yeah. You went more a little. I was thinking of the the audio lab where he's got all of his yeah. little switches that he's pushing That's up and I'm down. Saying. Just yeah. in random shapes. It's not even connected to anything. He's just moving it up and down <laughs> exactly. as he wants to. <laughs> is this lever is this on? No. It's not. Okay. It's not doing anything. (laughs) I really should learn how to use some of this equipment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Today is Monday, July 12th, and it looks like a Monday outside. It's it's actually pretty nice out. I've had the windows open for most of the day. Good to get that fresh air in there, but it's kind of a gloomy Monday. But boy, were there fireworks uh, last night. For the Euro final game, I won't spoil anything because we're going to talk about it later. But man, that was awesome. Uh, yes. Yep. Absolutely. And summer is flying past. We're already halfway through July. Is that not nuts? Don't tell me that. That's yeah. so crazy. That's, <laughs> that's wild. We sound old. I'm a fall guy, though. So whatever. Yeah, I like Fine. fall, too. I'm just old. And I know, uh, I know how much Brady loves pumpkin spice lattes so <laughs> oh dude me too <laughs> yes <laughs> officially y'all, a pumpkin spice latte podcast you lose her y'all some basics <laughs> y'all some basics yes, yes. <laughs> yep i totally am and then when it becomes christmas time i do peppermint so wow. ah, moving peppermint. it down on the chain yeah okay all right Good will there help. be Will there be glue vine? Yeah, this I'm year? the most basic apparently. Now I just sold <laughs> myself out. Apparently. <laughs> oh well, that's fine. We still love you, Dave. All right, let's get into the soccer. First up, really quick, a quick loons check-in. Protect the North, uh, which they did not do actually <laughs> this past weekend. Uh, played the Colorado Rapids. And both teams looked really good, really good looking kits for both teams, Colorado and Burgundy and Loons in their sharp light blue. So it was a very beautiful game to watch just for the colors, but the Loons did not look particularly good. They lost zero to two. This is a chippy game, kind of some shoving for, you know, pretty typical stuff in terms of a Loons player has the ball on the sideline. 
a Rapids uh, when he shouldn't have it because it's Rapids' turn to throw it in. So Rapids player comes over and shoves him, knocks the ball out of his hand. But there just seemed to be more of that than in a typical game. So I don't know. Is there a rivalry there at all? I wouldn't imagine. Not that no, I know. They were just angry. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> um, both of the goals from Colorado were absolutely beautiful, though. I won't go into detail on either of them because we have plenty to talk about today. But um, the balls were put just where they needed to be. Really, really nice goals. So I can't hate on that too much. Uh, better luck next time, Minnesota. Chicago Fire had better luck this past weekend. Yes, we did. And actually, it wasn't last weekend. It was last week. Yeah. Versus Orlando City. Three, two, one. Coming away with the victory. And a lot of things stuck uh, the same for the team uh, as they did for their win against Atlanta. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, I guess. Yeah. Same lineup. Still the 3-4-3, which makes me happy. 3-1-4-1, if you want to argue with me. Still effective, if not more nerve-wracking this game. Just a little bit more nerve-wracking. Orlando Mm -hmm. did rotate their squad a little bit. I don't know if that means we should take a little bit less from this win, but I refuse. It was awesome. Yeah, the fire came out and looked really good, really solid for the first 15 minutes. Had some solid opportunities. Defense looked pretty good. And then things seemed to kind of go downhill for them. Yes, and it's part of the problem with playing a three-back because it then can become a five-back if those wing-backs start to sit back and then you start to just get penned in really easily. This particular group, uh, especially in the midfield, doesn't really have a ball winner, which is critical to get out of being penned in, as we see in this game. Yeah, and on top of all that, I, I really wanted to say that Shuttleworth was a standout for me. He had a solid start this mm-hmm. game and, again, keeps the fire in it. Um, it could have been a bloodbath the way it was looking after those first 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yep, he had some really nice saves uh, right in that first 15 minutes, or I should say in that first half, really. Yeah. Yes. But Orlando strikes first. Perea in the 34th minute. Nice pronunciation. Thank you. <laughs> a beautiful cross from Halliday finds Perea. Bornstein gets a foot on it, not quite enough to stop it. Perea gets a hold of it, puts it in. Orlando is up one to zero. This goal didn't come from the fire being under it. It actually is a bit of more of a transition. Aliceta loses the ball and then kind of takes a bad angle to get to the right back Halliday, who just storms down the field. Dribbles himself into trouble, but then Navarro loses this 50-50, which just foul him here. Yeah, just take him out. Come on. (laughs) Knock him on his butt. Uh, Pineda was still retreating because he was pressuring the Orlando forward, Akindele, who was part of the first part of how they won the ball. So Pineda is still retreating. He's in fine position, but he was running with blinders on. He was just running straight ahead and wasn't looking around. and he was in the right position to deal with the Bornstein deflection, but never recognized that Perea was around him. And so didn't have the urgency Perea jumps in front of him. And that's just about it. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt like this entire goal was sloppy. Bornstein should have taken care of it. I thought from the beginning though, I know you had mentioned Pineda was in position, but Bornstein was at fault here for me again. Uh, after me just saying some nice words about him last week, he does this, but it is what it is. <laughs> a little bit of a swing and miss, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was disappointing, but it was I was feeling that it, a goal was coming at any point. It was just an ominous feeling, and this is what mm-hmm. happened. The dam broke, and this is what we get for the sloppy play for the last 20 minutes. Yeah, but the fire answered back right before halftime. Sekulich in the first minute of stoppage time gets a beautiful cross from Madron and Sekulich puts a perfect head on the ball to put it just out of reach in the goalie in the corner of the goal. Tie game one, two, one. Yeah, that Madron ball was sick. Yeah. Mm hmm. A deep-lying playmaker. This is exactly why Wiki has moved him back into the midfield because if he has time, he just puts up dimes. It's awesome. 
the fire when the fire wingbacks can get forward, that's what makes this formation so effective. And we're going to score that way. So this is just an example of when we're not penned in, that's how this becomes the ideal way the fire want to play. We just have to be careful of that going forward. Also, did you notice Barrett try to steal this one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. Is he that desperate or did he really not know the trajectory there? Like, I don't know. I Did he really think that it was going to kind of curve back out? Are you that sure, Brady? I, I'm not sure. I just think that just in case it goes wide, he's there. And just in case he gets a toe on it, he's uh, also yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's his job. <laughs> we always talk about what a negative impact it has on morale and momentum when you give up a goal right before half. Mm -hmm. And that is what Orlando City did here. So ecstatic as a fire fan to go in with a ton of momentum. Happy to see it go the other way for a change. Yeah, it was an awesome shoe on the other foot moment for us. Uh, mm -hmm. It, you know, it just completely it negates all the mistakes we were making up to that point and gives us a fresh start. That's a zero zero and you only have to play 45 more minutes. So it was huge. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And that momentum proved to carry over into that second half. It, it took a while for the fire to score again, but Barrich in the 72nd minute makes it happen. Oh. Snake bit no longer. This goal Madron, is so important. Yes. Very, very important. Madron puts the ball in Barrich's path, but it is so close to being intercepted by the defense of Orlando City. So Barrich really has no time to even think about it. He just, the ball is right at his foot. He has half a second to just kick it towards the goal, which I think was a key to the score mm -hmm. here as he, he's been looking like he's thinking way too much about everything. Didn't have the opportunity here. Just saw a ball, kicked it in. That's it. Yep. He's done this a million times in training and doesn't need to think about it. You're exactly right. And he missed a point blanker right before it. <laughs> yes. So it is super critical that it's just, I'm not even going to touch it. Just let's bury it or at least try. And he, it was a good finish because he's a good finisher and it just, he needed one to go in. So happy for him. Also, this goal starts from Shuttleworth. Like it starts from all yeah. the way from the back and built forward makes every coach smile. <laughs> I mean, that's the, one of the coolest moves in soccer to see for sure when it starts all the way from the back and then just works its way up. So cool. Mm -hmm. I had to say that Barrett miss uh, made me cry though. My <laughs> prediction of him, be <laughs> my prediction of him not only being our top goal scorer, but the, the MLS golden boot winner has been aging like an open can of hams on a 100 degree Chicago day while the AC is broken. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, like it's just, uh, you're just drinking disgusting water at that point that, uh, yeah, I don't even want to think about it. Bad days. <laughs> but anyways, hey, he comes back a minute later and slots that one home. And he had a couple of defenders draped over him on that too. So just having the composure to slot that home was amazing. Yep, it really was. So four minutes later, 76th minute, Orlando City stars. They bring their star players in late to try and save this game. It's currently at, at, at that point, it is a 2-1 lead to the fire. Orlando says no more. We're bringing in our stars. We're going to try to take this back. I was just thinking as a fan, I didn't get to go to this game, but if I were there, I would want to see Nani and Pereira play. So I, I would have been yeah. pretty mad if I was at this game. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. I would have been super upset. And you have to think that people bought the tickets with that in mind. Like, <laughs> oh, we're going to see Nani. Like, oh. They're gonna see what Pato. a disappointment. Oh, yeah. sorry, Pato. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Nani comes in and has a fantastic cross in the 86th minute that almost goes in. So that plan did almost work. You got to think if they were in there for the full game, fans would have loved it. And also, is this a different game, different end result? No one knows. I think there's a reason they didn't play. There was rotation involved. They had just had a, a weekend game, but so did the fire. Mm -hmm. And also wanted to point out the bike at the end of this cross was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it was. was. And I just have to say Shuttleworth is a dude. Uh, that yeah. was awesome. Dude. He's been on fire. <laughs> he really has. Really has. Final goal of the game came from my boy, 04. Chino. In the six minute of stoppage time, <laughs> 
the end of the game, he wins the ball and gives a Marshawn Lynch beast mode hand to the chest of a defender. And then he just goes off, shows that he's the fastest one on the field. And Frankie and him, it's, it's between Frankie himself and one Orlando city defender gives it to Frankie really quick. Frankie gives it back, puts it in game. Classic counter. Very nice composed finish for his first ever goal for the fire. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Good for L four and nice way to cap off a W late in the game. Yeah, absolutely. I loved seeing that. I've been a huge O four fan since Mm -hmm. becoming a fire fan. I was thrilled with it. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to the fire. Second win in a row. Let's keep this momentum going. Mm -hmm. Looking back at this game, I'm sure that neither of you are surprised to hear that my big takeaway, yep, Brady's rolling his eyes already, is uh, playing that five back definitely worked. And who is absent from that five back who normally plays defense for us? Hmm. Calvo. No Calvo for the second time in a row, second win in a row. Uh, yeah, I'll have some more of that Kool-Aid, Herman. No yeah, further questions. <laughs> no further questions, Your Honor. Case closed. It's closed. This proves it. Calvo out, fire in. Bam. I don't have any numbers to defend this week, so <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> I guess you could just listen to last week's episode. There and you listen go. To his- yeah, you could. My apology could. tour of Calvo. <laughs> <laughs> the fire were slightly outpossessed in this game. And lost the expected goal value uh, battle. So that is a little bit something to be worried about. Uh, Seven saves for Shuttleworth. Again, he was a man in this game. It was awesome. But with this formation, there are going to be hold on to your butts moments. You're just, you're going to have to struggle through it, suffer through it. And then hopefully the fire get out and can counter and or play with the ball in front of them and downhill and Madron does crazy magical things like he did in this game. Yeah. Yeah, totally. He's going to need some more help at some point, but I don't know if we're going to be able to provide that. Shuttleworth, like I said, is a total dude. He's been awesome this season. I'm loving him. And I think he's my dark horse MVP of the team so far this season. So he's been pretty great. I mean, the offense is starting to heat up. So obviously offense is more fun. It's more sexy, you know, it'll end up winning out when it comes to the end of the season. But right now I think you have to give him a nod and acknowledge what he's done for sure. Got to give a nod to comeback city as well. You don't come back. If you don't win the previous game against Atlanta, I don't think either yes. so just the confidence it gives you also the system's working, believe in it, even though you're a goal down, we can still score more. Uh, I wanted to point out that despite losing the expected goal uh, chase, we did win the expected goal value per shot. So the fire had 0.18 expected goals per shot, whereas Orlando had 0.14. It's not a huge gap, but it is significant to say we're shooting when we have better opportunities. And that was not the case earlier in the season for the fire. So that is a positive change to see and also love a comeback. Definitely. And let's hope for another W. This weekend, fire take on Nashville. Saturday, 17th, 7.30 p.m. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, Pointing out in this game, set pieces are going to be crucial, and Nashville have been nasty on them. So especially defending set pieces, it's going to be huge in this game. Yeah. All I can say is let's go streaking, boys. One more. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. And continuing with the good vibes in Chicago, the Red Stars played the Houston Dash this past week, came away with a victory, 2-2-1. Two, two, and I'm going to hand it over to Brady, who is our resident Red Stars expert. Brad, take it away as always. So much for my expertise, because remember my <laughs> convoluted quiz last week, uh, how I said shot conversion was going to be so important. Well, we were zero for seven on target in this game, (laughs) but we still won two to one. I love the combination of Voldmo and Gautreaux as the six and eight, respectively, in our four, two, three, one. It uses both of their skill sets as a pair really nicely. Watt played more as a winger this game instead of a true out and out nine. 
So I think that opens up more for her speed. She can just get out on the run. She can do both. She's a good goal threat either way. But I think the Red Stars controlled the game the majority of the time. Sarah Gordon was very, very good in this one. Just solid result for the Red Stars. I'm going to skip all the way to the 62nd minute where Latsko got a goal for the dash. So the, the dash did open up the scoring. Jasmine Spencer had a great game for one. And two, she creates this goal. She counters from her own box all the way to the Red Stars box. It was a very impressive run. Uh, her pass just skips past Sharples, who was a big old swing and miss. <laughs> you could hear the hear the whiff sound. Uh, she actually might have even made the pass a little bit better to Lotsko, which is unfortunate. Uh, but solid finish for Lotsko, so good for her. And then in the 73rd minute, the Red Stars come roaring back. Mal Pugh with a perfect free kick, bent over the near post run, so the goalkeeper couldn't really commit to it and come out to get it. And then it curved right to the top of the six, where it was basically a battle between Sharples and Groom, who if she doesn't, if Groom doesn't get ahead on it, Sharples does. So it's an own goal, but more unfortunate for Groom than anything. Then in the 76th minute, we had another own goal for the dash. So that's how you get two goals while not having a shot on target. This one was a little bit more suspect. Uh, Naughton, uh, who used to play for the Red Stars, was clearly still reeling from the first goal and just kind of reacting to everything that was going on around her. This time it was Gotro, who did a nice little shimmy shake to get free, sent in across to two Red Stars who were crashing in on goal. And the defender sort of hiked up a leg and did one of these, like, I think I'm clearing it right into the upper 90. <laughs> Perfect strike. And yeah, that's what happens when you clear the ball with no control. Uh, I also noticed that uh, Gautreau, after she sent in the cross and the ball's kind of in the air, she did this thing where she pantomimed an aerial kick, very similar to how Naughton kicked the ball. So she might have either done some voodoo there, or more likely it's what I do, or you've seen coaches do this when they watch their teams, is they like do the heading motion, they do the the volley motion, and they can't even control it. They're just watching their team, and they're like, oh, do it. Oh, yes. <laughs> so Naughton used to play for the Red Stars and this is, is helping us in this game. So it sounds like she's doing a little Katya Casanova defecting Ooh. from current teams, switching over. Uh, double agent move, yeah? I'm thinking. I think clearly that's what happened here. <laughs> <laughs> no other Obviously. possible explanation. <laughs> uh, and this game, this win, uh, puts the Red Stars up to fifth. Which is pretty wow. good. Turn Excellent. it around. Way to go, ladies. Love it. Coming up, the Red Stars are playing OL Rain, July 18th at 5 o'clock. The key for this one is to get the jump on them early. They've got too much attacking and talent. I talked about that last time we played the rain. Get on them early, score early, and then they're not going to really be able to react to it. That's my advice. <laughs> yeah. Let's set fire to the rain. <laughs> Woo! Did we already say that one? What oh. you burn no. <laughs> face. <laughs> nice. All right. Now for the big game. Last week, we picked the Euro final, Italy versus England, as our game of the week. And boy, what a match it was. This was played last night, Sunday night. It's actually really Sunday afternoon, but mm -hmm. it went a while. So by the time it was done, it was Sunday night. Italy came away with the victory but it went all the way to penalty kicks. And I think in about the 80th minute of the game, I said it was a tie one-to-one. -one, and I said, I started getting excited. I said, please, please let it go to pens. And I oh, think man. Brady in your experience said, well, you know, and a lot has to happen before then. Oh, it happened. It <laughs> happened and it was awesome. Still a lot of game left. Instant class. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I for sure an instant classic before we dive in. Little little pop quiz, little trivia, because I was curious, so Googled it. What do you think was the starting cost for tickets to the Euro final? 
You can give your answer in euros or United States dollars because I have the conversion. 500 euros. 500 odd euros. I guess. I was <laughs> thinking 150, but I've never, ever researched. No. I probably went too high. So th- this is starting cost for tickets, what they originally started at. The answer is 95 euro. Okay. Oh, starting cost. Oh, what a yeah. <laughs> That is. <laughs> I thought you meant what they actually sold for. I was like, that is minimum. Well, and we, we, you will get a shot here. Uh, that converts to just under 113 American uh, U.S. rather dollars. So that's not unreasonable, unreasonable for one of the biggest games of the year. Now, that was if you were able to get in and buy a ticket at starting price, mm. and that's the lowest ticket available. What do you think the cheapest ticket at resale value was? 500. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think that was more we were a lot thinking. Yeah, on. yeah. So take your shots here. I did. Fine, he's got 500. I'll go with 750 euro. 3,800. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is 4,500 U.S. dollars. (laughs) That's the number that I was looking for. I said, yeah, that sounds about right. And I don't know how many euro you're rich or you spent all the money you had. Yeah. Boy. (laughs) But I bet if you ask them, and said, was it worth it? Oh, yeah. To see this game live, of oh, course man. it's worth it. I guess it. I'd oh, suppose it, it would depend on <laughs> who you're supporting. <laughs> who you're supporting. That's true. So if you ask the English, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> the English. <laughs> Which also, oh, the English no. were like, don't come to our country. COVID. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think there was a little column A, a little column, we need to win this game. <laughs> yeah. Dude. And then they didn't. Oops. Oops. So, Brad, break down them formations for us right away in the first half. What'd you see? Sure. We've talked about Italy, how they play a 4-3-3 that moves into a 3-4-3 when they're attacking. And England responded, reacted to that. They played a 3-4-3, Trippier with, as the wing back, Walker as the sort of right center back, uh, Shaw out wide left. And this is another notch in our, do you change the way you play to match the team you're playing or do you play your own way conversation, which will always be a conversation forever in soccer. It's never going to end, but I know that there are plenty of English fans who think that Southgate lost the game right then and there. Very interesting. Yes. This will be debated for quite some time. I think Mm -hmm. on how and when this game was lost for England and who lost it for England. Although a lot of people seem to think it uh, lies with one particular person who will go unmentioned here. The game got off to a very fast, exciting start for England in the third minute. Luke Shaw puts it in for England. A great run from England coming off of a corner kick set piece opportunity for Italy. A fantastic cross from Trippier. A dream start to the game for England, as the announcers put it. That is the fastest goal ever in the European Championship final. Yeah, I almost felt like it was too easy, though. Uh, Luke Shaw was kind of sitting by himself, probably not perceived as a goal-scoring threat because he just doesn't score very often. But he has a solid first touch, and that's, I believe, it was his first goal for England. So that's like a huge, like, going to do it, do it in the final in front of all your own fans right at Wembley, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think also uh, Italy gave Trippier uh, too much time here. Di Lorenzo didn't mark Shaw due to Kane's presence in the middle. They had communicated more. Maybe they would have been, he would have been able to step out um, and defend the far post because there were two defenders there. It felt like kind of overkill and maybe they're just scared that given Kane's strength and, you know, his goal scoring prowess that if they had given him too much time or space to turn that he would have put it in, but it ends up falling to Shaw and he does his job. My response to you for the trippier space is Kyle Walker made an aggressive overlapping run, which delayed any pressure to trippier because they had to respond to that run. And then for Shaw 
timing is the key to all of it because every Italian defender is looking at Kane because they have to. I mean, he's the critical goal scorer, the number nine. You're definitely going to be looking for him. Shaw waits for that moment and then glides in behind. And he puts his hand up before he's in the box to signify, I'm going there. Just give me a second while I get in there and no one notices me. And a really nice one-time finish. I'd really like that. Yes. All right. Uh, Chiesa in the 35th minute has a near miss. uh, Takes the ball uh, towards the top of the 18th and just lets one rip. It does go wide right, but this is kind of where Italy, to me, starts looking Mm -hmm. like they're Mm -hmm. there. Their presence is known and the game's in their hands kind of at this point, even though they're down a goal. And I think it it's going to change permanently here because the first 30 minutes England were getting upfield, actively wanted to press Italy's center backs and it was causing problems to the Italian side. However, after the 30 minutes, they fell back into a pretty obvious five, four, one. And I don't even think that was part of Southgate's plan. It just is a tendency with this formation. Like I mentioned with the fire, there is just a, we've got a goal. Okay. We can kind of sit back here. And the point of it is to push Italy where we know they're going to be and then get past them. But they just never got past them after this point, I don't think. So what are the dangers of falling back into a 5-4-1? Does it just uh, lead to less opportunities to put the ball in the net? So it falls back to more of a defensive position saying we've got a 1-0 lead. Is it kind of taking the foot off the pedal a little bit? Absolutely. And it's not okay. like, like I said, it's not even a <clears throat> tactical, take your foot off the pedal and don't let them right. score. Cause you're not it's, doing that with 60 minutes left in a game. No, it's just a mentality that I think England playing in front of their own fans, having a goal in hand, they might've scored too early for their own good. All this stuff we can say in hindsight, it's just, it is a tendency of the a three back or five back. If your wing backs stay back, you tend to get penned in. If they can get out and be an attacking threat, it becomes much more advantageous for your team. Best defense is offense. (laughs) What you're saying is the game state had an impact here. Yes. Very, very good. (laughs) Gold star for Herman. Top of the class. Yes. (laughs) Listeners, please give him a round of applause. (laughs) Uh, one thing I noticed in the first half that I really enjoyed is the refs let them play. They were not calling a lot of fouls. And obviously, this is a big stage. Emotions running high. Both teams really want to come away with the victory. And so there were people flying all over the field for parts of it. Yeah. And eventually, the refs just kind of said, you know what? Fine. Just play. I'm just going to let you play. Unless someone really steps out of line, I'm not going to call it. Let's just let's go. I totally agree with that. Uh, the announcers were making comments about it as well. Uh, seems that the refs kind of got together before the tournament and kind of decided that that's how they were going to let the games proceed anyways, especially this final, which is great because there's so many times we're in a final. Um, it's all determined by like a really kind of 50-50 foul, and then it sets the mm-hmm. tone for a game. You could even go back to when Liverpool won the Champions League against Tottenham. I mean, it was a foul at the time, but do you really want the game to have it a goal that was set on a tone on a, like, I believe it was a PK, like very early mm-hmm. in the game that kind of ruins the fun for it. So them letting everybody play here created this awesome, awesome first half. And I think it was just super fun because of the way the the refs decided to, to go about their business. Um, and basically all I had to say about the first half is, Italy has already adjusted, but let's see what they do at the half as well. I think that, you know, it's in their hands at this point. Yeah. Super glad you brought up that Champions League final. Thank you, Dave. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Although it was Liverpool's to win, basically. So whatever. (laughs) And the momentum for Italy that we saw change late in that first half stayed on Italy's side in that second half. They came out looking like the more aggressive team um, could definitely tell they were feeling themselves in that second half. Yeah, they just came out firing um, and they were ready to make the game level. And this for me is where England get it wrong. This is where I actually place blame on Southgate because I think a 3-4-3 in a neutral game state 
actually does work. I think it reacts well. And if you are pushing for a goal, if you're England, that 3-4-3 is more advantageous to you. But with a goal down, England needed another ball winner just to get on the ball. And so they could control the game a little bit more and or a winger that or a speedy player that absolutely that actually stayed high, not a cane up there because he's not really a speed threat. You had Sterling out there, but Sterling was coming back to cover the wing. So it wasn't an effective way to even make Italy respect the counterattack. Bonucci and Chiellini are playing in England's half this entire half and England needed a change. Instead, Italy is the team that decided to change first. Now they're a goal down, so that's going to influence that. Uh, Berardi came in for Immobile, and then a like-for-like, like basically, with Cristante for Barella. Barella wasn't having his best game of the tournament, and Cristante was pretty fresh. I think that just made sense. This move moved Insigne to the middle, so now he's going to play a false nine because he is not the same type of player as Immobile. And now the Giants of Stones and Maguire need to find Insigne versus we know exactly where Immobile is. He's going to be standing right next to my shoulder this entire game. Changes the tactic up for England to figure out, okay, how are we going to cover this? Chiesa switched sides so that we could watch the track meet uh, against uh, Kyle Walker. That was fun. And then Berardi slots in on the right side. And those changes worked for Italy in the 67th minute. Bonucci has a rebound effort on a set piece for Italy. Goes in, tie game. Basically hits the restart button. 1-1, fresh game. Well, fresh game, except England have now been battered <laughs> yeah, for they 67 have. minutes. Uh, yes. Let's say 64 because yeah. they got their goal yep. in the third. Yep. Bonucci starts this move uh, with Declan Rice covering him. Uh, England lose the first ball because Bonucci's move kind of sets a pick on the front post, getting Cristante free. So that's how that first ball was won because of Bonucci. Then the ball bounces in England's box. Can't happen. It just simply cannot on a set piece. That's got to get out of there. Someone's got to react to that. Verratti is super brave, gets his head on it and knocks it into the post. And then Bonucci never stopped moving. Rice kind of lets him go because it's the second phase of a set piece. It's not good. It's not the right thing to do, but he lets him go. He's then uh, Bonucci is hiding in Maguire's blind spot and then pops out at the right time. It's all Bonucci, this entire goal, this entire set piece. Love it. I mean, the ball was great too, but just <laughs> Bonucci, Chiellini, so important to Italy. And how are they still doing it? It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yep. And I love that the announcers called this goal right before it happened. Like momentum had been on Italy's side for a while. I could see that uh, most people watching could see that, yeah. but to be able to call it within a couple minutes of it going in, they said something is coming yeah. for Italy. <laughs> and then the goal goes in about a minute later it was like they, uh, as a sports fan overall, but someone who's been watching soccer for about a year, I am consistently blown away with how good the soccer announcers <laughs> are. Yeah. yeah dude, they are awesome. spectacular. It's they're so fun. It was totally a matter of uh, when, not if. Um, So I think at this point you have to say that Italy is, has been in the driver's seat and now they have the goal to back it up. Um, They're ready to win this. I think before the final whistle goes off in regulation, but uh, obviously that didn't happen, but it was still, that, that was the feeling I had in this moment. I just want to say in the 73rd minute, the announcers, um, had made a comment about um, like in retrospect, it would have been a good time to bring on Henderson. And prior to that, I was screaming on Twitter saying, <laughs> bring in Hendo so we could ice this thing. Like it's time to just, you know, finish out the game, get the senior presence on the team. The guy's a stud. Uh, I just want to say I'm awesome. You'll never walk alone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Dave is a Liverpool fan. <laughs> uh, I Even in the end, the, the Hendo sub is correct, but I would have replaced a defender. I would have moved into the midfield and try and get hold of the ball. Although Declan Rice did look exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. After and, a great and, tournament, yeah. to be fair to him. He did look exhausted. Yeah. He did look right. He did look good, but you bring in Hendo because at this point they don't look like they're going to score anymore. Mm-hmm. And he comes on in the 74th minute. Also in the 74th minute, a really good opportunity for Italy. I thought what really stood out here was Pickford. And 
Berardi looks like he gets shot out of a cannon, beats his man. He's flying down the field, cannot convert on really what was kind of a simple opportunity for a goal scorer because Pickford is an insane person and just runs out to meet him head on, stopping the goal. I mean, it was the right move, but wow. And he had some fantastic saves and we'll, it'll come up later on. I'm also going to intercept Dave before he starts hating on oh, Pickford <laughs> because Pickford was for very good in this game. <laughs> yes, no, he really no, was. He, he, yeah, I mean, as much as I hate the man, he looked very good. And, uh, you know, if you're an English fan, you should uh, should be happy with what you got, you know, because he did exactly what he was supposed to do. You sound defeated, Dave. <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's a new season. I am, it's in the past. Ah, okay. I have to get over ah, it. Okay, you know, okay. I'm trying. How big of you? <laughs> <I'm> trying. Chiesa <laughs> uh, uh, was off to the sideline on the 81st minute here, and I was kind of freaking out for Italy. Like, fortunately, he hops right back onto the pitch, so he's going to be in there for a while. Uh, after six minutes of stoppage time, though, in the first half, we're still level at one. We have extra time. How about that for a final? Yeah. Get 30 extra minutes of soccer. No golden goal. It's going to be great. Absolutely. And this is when I was getting really, really excited. Extra time is happening. I have PKs in my mind. I can see them coming in the 100th minute. Grealish comes in for Mount. And if Grealish scores, this does mean that City has to sign him. Yes? Yes, absolutely. He has to <laughs> be signed. Like, all the funds they have to spend, they're just pushing the, they'd push the chips, but it didn't happen. So, you know, Kane's yeah. still in play there, Brady. Don't get too excited. Yet. <laughs> Brady and I were joking about this as we watched. Uh, yeah. So there's no goal in the first half of extra time. Uh, both teams had some pretty solid opportunities, but they're starting to look really tired. So you start thinking PKs at this point. Uh, England has a really big uh, chance on a, a cross whipped, uh, whipped in by Kane, uh, but no fruitful um, scoring opportunities come from it. Then in the 120th minute, Sancho and Rashford are subbed on before extra time to take penalty kicks. This is only the second time uh, the final has gone to penalty kicks, which is kind of crazy. So wow. in the history of the tournament, it was a big moment. Before we get to the PKs, I do want to talk about the passing numbers were 873 to 467 oh. in favor of Italy. Yeah. 89% success for Italy to England 74.7 and significantly 66% of Italy's passes were short passes under 10 yards. Mm. Death by a thousand paper cuts. Yeah. And I mean, this is it. This is what the final was all about. England gave them the space and Italy said, okay, we're going to cut right through you. Mm. So before we get to PKs, and I think there's an element of ball don't lie when you come to PKs, I think Italy were the better team in the 120 minutes. And that's my bold take. It's true, though. You're right. They were the better team. Absolutely. Moving on to the PKs themselves. And wow, I think this is what, before I actually watched soccer, I thought that PKs <laughs> happened all the time. And they like never happen to end a game. It's super rare. So much has to yeah. happen. So to have it come down in a final, in the Euro mm -hmm. final, I was so pumped. Yeah, this is super intense. Uh, early on, Pickford makes the first save, and you know everybody's ecstatic in the crowd. England think they mm -hmm. have it in the bag. Uh, traditionally, so the pundits say, like the team that gets to go first tends to have the advantage, and England take away this advantage early on. Yeah, no, it was an amazing save. I also Maguire's pen was amazing. It was broke the <laughs> upper ninety camera. Love yeah. it. That was I, so cool. I don't have the fortitude to put the ball in the air on a penalty. I'm putting it on the ground. It's going in the sides, but I'm putting it on yeah. the ground. There's no lacing it in guts. the upper 90 like that. It took guts. Yeah. And then unfortunately, uh, things start taking a turn for England here. Uh, Rashford completely fakes out Donnarumma and then ends up hitting the posts. Um, and he then did the hard part. And, yes. Oh. Yeah. He did uh. the hard part and just couldn't 
you know, make the the finish at that point. Uh, Sancho follows and misses as well. And at this point, you know, Southgate's career is dead, um, you know, <laughs> because you're making those subs and they both miss. So, you know, have fun while it lasts for the next two minutes, Southgate. Uh, and then Pickford, hate the man, love the save. <laughs> He barely yeah. saves it with his fingertips and Oof. it bounces off the post. What an amazing save. And then unfortunately, you know, the pressure's on England at this point and Saka, uh, as a, a young man, you know, it's easy to get in your head at this point. And, you know, he, he also missed. And I guess at this point you really have to think, like I said, Southgate's career is dead. Like, I mean, he put a lot of young players out there. You don't have Sterling take a penalty. You don't have Henderson. You don't have Graylish. What's going on? Yeah, it's interesting. I know that Grealish's penalty history is not good. I think he's only taken one in the. Ooh, I'm gonna have to yeah. double check myself on this, but he, his, his record's you'd... not good. Sterling's isn't good either. Uh, and I think what part of the concept was, you're not going to be worried about the history. You're 18. Yeah. You're 19. You're just, you're out. It's a game to you. I just wonder, maybe it was the opposite. Maybe you do. I think so. Let your old men take Especially if you're sitting on the bench that long. I would have rather had had the guys that have been on the field that have kicked the ball. Like, that's another thing. They're the ones that, yeah. That's a weird thing about my head moment, you know. Penalties is it's not just the one kick. Like, the whole game comes into it. Like, how well you played that one pass you made in the first 30 minutes it factors into well, how hard you're going to hit it. And, and yeah. to that point, like both Harry Kane and Maguire drilled their pens, like, and mm. they were locked in like you, the guys you'd expect to hit it. And then, you know, the guys who hadn't been as much ended up missing, which is a bummer. Yeah. Aftermath of this game. What yeah. more could you possibly ask for for a final <laughs> as a neutral? You can't. You can't ask <laughs> yeah. for anything oh. as a neutral. <laughs> uh, yeah, Italy gets the big win for Cialini and all the other older Italian players. That was huge. And England gets the we blew it again on our own home <laughs> turf like mentality. So the the curse lives on, and it'll be the story when we go to the World Cup next year. Uh, I felt like Southgate really outdid himself here. Like I said, we kind of already went over the penalty kicks, but, you know, just some odd choices. But, you know, he was getting ridiculed all tournament, and his mm-hmm. choices just had been right at the same time, too. So it's going to see how that plays out with him prior to the World Cup. I would think they keep him for consistency's sake, but there might be so much outrage um, that he might have to step down. Uh, also, this is like an unfortunate side story as well, mm-hmm. but um, there was some ridiculous racist trolls. Um, and they were all, um, all England fans. Um, it was completely disgusting and unnecessary. And it was condemned by the entire English team, as well as most of the soccer world. Um, it was focused on the English players who missed the pens and their race. And it was, it was just, it was just completely unwarranted and ridiculous. Uh, Marcus Rashford, one of the players that missed, uh, sent a really impactful tweet out. I suggest you go take a look. Um, he, you know, stood up to these racist tweets and this absolute buffoonery uh, that people claim to be fans and, yeah. you know, would react like this. Um, he's a man, you guy, but I have to say he is an excellent leader off the pitch. He's been doing so many things for the poor and the needy in the country prior to this. And now he's making a stand on race as well. Absolutely check it out. His strength and resilience are something to admire and is a great role model at his age. So go check it out on Twitter. And there's been a lot of other stuff from the English team as well that's been very supportive in a really uh, crappy and tough time for the team. Yeah. Well said, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to take it back on like a happier note, though, this gets me super hyped for the world cup. Like this tournament was awesome. This was a fantastic finish. So you should be excited for the rivalries to kind of continue. And then you add like the rest of the world to the tournament. It's going to be awesome. And we also have the gold cup now though, for the USA. So let's get hyped. Another tournament. Speaking of the gold cup, us men's national team versus Haiti. Dave, 
I know you were tuned in on this, being the patriotic man that you are. What was going on? Oh, yeah. First half, uh, U.S. men's national team comes out, guns blazing. Uh, we were the better looking team. Had so much more confidence. I was locked in. We were going to kick some butt here. Uh, Vines in the eighth minute. Um, I would think that the team's energy was really what contributed to this goal based on kind of just the sloppiness of what kind of proceeded here. But mm-hmm. uh, I'll break it down real quick for you guys. So Zimmerman ends up threading a needle to Acosta, uh, like deep, like towards his own half. Um, on the top right side of the box, Acosta receives the ball. Costa finds Moore out on the right wing. So he just kind of passes it off to him there. Moore sends in a low bouncing cross towards Zardes at the near post. But I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think his name is Experience or Experience. Gets a foot to it and impedes the projection of the initial ball to Zardes. Zardes gets a trailing foot to it still and ship slash flicks it kind of, you know, it's kind of in between one or the other uh, over the Haitian defense to the far post and Sam Vines just absolutely crashes the net and skillfully just heads it past the keeper. One nil USA. Here we go. Good tournament. Good start. Uh, Agree with you you know, unfortunately we I don't will score say, though. Well, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I will say the touch by Acosta here is awesome. Yes, Look at the highlight. It was very awesome. nice. It was very uh, nice. And then the way this sets up where Vines feels confident to crash into the box is part of what yes. the U.S. is trying to establish as our norm. Yeah, and you just, I don't know, you'd think that they'd put one more in before the half, but uh, they kind of take their foot off the gas and Haiti actually kind of looks like the better team kind of when they're closing out, unfortunately. But uh, we go into the half. Um, second half. You know, U.S. just still struggles to take control of this game. You know, you're just screaming, we need one more goal just to kind of feel safe about it. Um, But, you know, they survive some nail-biting moments. Um, Turner, the goalkeeper, and the defense end up making like a huge save late in the game, uh, 93rd minute. Uh, But, you know, I think at the beginning of this play, uh, I can't remember who this was on Haiti, but number 18, like clearly fouled Turner at the beginning of the play, but the refs kind of let it go. Should have been kind of a dead ball at that point in time. And that was kind of the the big scary moment at the dead of the game that almost Mm -hmm. made us suffer uh, the fate of a draw to start the tournament against the play-in team. It was a a clear (laughs) foul. I think think Haiti are better than we're giving them credit for. They're yeah. a good counterattacking side and they clearly rooked some of these MLS youngsters. They were like, yeah. we're going to go ahead and muscle you off this ball right now. I'm, I'm a man, you're a child. And I think right. that's a little bit concerning, but this is also the sort of depth of the U.S. that we're trying to, these aren't our best, best this isn't grade A team, if you want to call it that, but we're building that depth so that in World Cup qualifying, we're not just relying on 11 people. Definitely. Uh, and then just to discuss some of the aftermath of the game, uh, I just had tons of different emotions. Like I said, the first 20 to 25 minutes were good. The rest of the first half was just rough. Um, never adding on to a lead against a game that I still think should have been handily won. Yes, Brady, maybe we shouldn't uh, overlook Haiti as an opponent, but I still think, you know, we should have won. Yeah, we should. You're right. Two to one, you know. I thought Jackson Yule looked really good this game. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him this tournament. Going to slightly disagree with you there. I think oh. he can be a little oh. bit more aggressive. Oh. Maybe. I think he was I think very after much after watching him after watching him in the the Olympic like uh, qualification, mm-hmm. like having seeing him play with some of the older players. I was impressed by it, but I agree with you. There is room to improve, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. DK didn't start, which bummed me out. I do like Zardes with this squad, but I don't know. I think DK could be the future, so I want to see him starting more, playing sure, sure. at least 60-plus minutes. Uh, Gianluca Busio uh, also made his debut for the U.S. men's national team, and it was a super cool moment. Um, they were playing in Kansas City, and he's a member of Sporting Kansas City. Uh, so fans were actually kind of calling to Berhalter uh, to play him. And he obliged eventually. And it was just an amazing moment filled with tons of energy during the game. Mm-hmm. So super fun if you were tuned in. And I just want to say, at least we scored and didn't draw like Mexico did. So nil, nil. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> nice little jab at them. 
perfect. Well done, Dave. Thank you for giving us that big breakdown too. The Euros was not the only tournament to wrap up with a final this week. Copa America also had their final game. Brazil versus Argentina, two teams with a ton of history, both successful teams. Argentina came away with the victory here, one to nothing. Yeah, I don't have too much to say about this one, but uh, Angel Di-, Di Maria scored in the 22nd minute. Uh, I felt this was kind of like due to error by the Brazilian defense. Uh, DePaul uh, tried to pick out Di Maria with the long ball, um, but I think it was Lodi or Lodi mm-hmm. ends up getting a foot on it. However, I, I felt like he was just trying to trap the ball, so he didn't really make a decisive decision here, or maybe the decision to make um, the trap was the wrong call because he probably should have just cleared it out, and it slips through to Di Maria, who ends up putting it in the back of the net. So, yeah. It was a really nice finish from Di Maria. The pass was beautiful, but I agree with you. Lodi fell asleep for a little bit. Just that one split yeah. second. Split he wasn't second, thinking about that him. Was it. And that's all it takes in the, in the beautiful game. This, yeah. this game turned into a rugby match. <laughs> the referee <laughs> just stopped calling fouls and nice. people were just highway wrong side of the highway running into people. It was nuts. Uh, before mm. like the first 20 minutes, Neymar had ripped uh, socks, ripped shorts. His jersey had been stretched and that was the first 20 minutes. And then the refs just stopped calling fouls. So <laughs> it was insane. And by the end of the game, he was trying to beat people still because that's what he does. And he tries to get you into one-on-one situations. And Argentina was just obviously kicking. It was, (laughs) it was pretty ridiculous. Although it is a tactic. He's one of the most fouled people on the planet. And that's why he rolls and does his, his antics. But at the same time, if you keep doing the antics and keep rolling, refs start to stop believing you. So it, I think it definitely hurts himself in the end, but made for a rather uh, intense, fight of a game if you will <laughs> and then uh messi gets his first copa so yeah first ma- major major trophy so that's good for good him. stuff because he's had a lot of frustration with argentina so it was exciting for him way to go messi all right very exciting games this past week good games for chicago big games on big stages but we must move forward and look ahead looking into next week The game of the week we have chosen is the U.S. men's national team versus Canada. Ooh, what a rivalry. Mm -hmm. July 18th at 4 p.m. This one's going to be on the big channel, Fox. The big Fox. Yes, that's big for sure. I'm excited for this one. I haven't got to watch many United... States men's national team games. So I'm still getting familiar with the team, watching them against Canada. Oh, that's a great way to reintroduce myself to them. No Alfonso Davies, but we'll survive. We'll make it. We'll make Don't it. sleep on Canada. They're better than they ever have been, Ooh. in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> I think USA still will get away with two. I'm going to say two to one. USA for this Ooh. one. Two to one. And Dave? Hmm. Yeah, I'll do three one. Three one. Hey. I was going to say two nil, but I'll do three one. I'll go okay. more goals. And I think <laughs> they will concede one too here. So, yeah. I, I'm going to go one one draw. Okay. Mm-hmm. Last game of the group so, stage. Oh, yeah. Brad says two to one. Dave says three to one. I say one one. Okay. Interesting. Let's go USA. (laughs) For the listeners, we are going to be keeping track of predictions for game of the week. I have the table started. Whoever wins, I don't know what we're going to do yet, but I think whoever loses at the end of, I don't know, every quarter, something humiliating has to happen to them. Whoever wins... Maybe you get a free sandwich. <laughs> also, the fire, as we mentioned earlier, are playing Nashville. 
on July 17th this week at 7.30. Keep that train rolling as well. Let's go. Let's go. Apart from Canada, the U.S. men's national team is also playing Martinique on the 15th of July, just a few days at 8.30 p.m. That game is on FS1. Looking outside of the United States, just a little bit south, Mexico versus Guatemala taking place July 14th at 8.30 p.m. Yeah, I just kind of want to see how they rebound from that one. Um, they did drop the points to our good friends, Trinidad and Tobago. So, hey, let's see what hey. happens. More bagels. Go. More bagels for Mexico. So we can hope for. Closing thoughts for this week. I feel super spoiled. My first ever Euros, my first Euros final, and it comes down to PKs. So super cool. I had a great time watching this game, but it does feel like, uh, what? You've been watching soccer for 30 years, and have you ever seen a <laughs> European championship final go down to PKs? No, you haven't. I've been watching for one, and I got it already. <laughs> so it feels undeserved and unearned. Doesn't take away no. from how awesome that game was. I'm just kind of, I'm, no. I'm still buzzing from it. So fun. It's not the way you should look at it. It's what gets you hooked. <laughs> like those yep. games like that, yep. you know, that's, uh, that's good for the game. That's good for everybody. Um, yep. So we just got to hope for the U.S. to create some Gold Cup magic yeah, now yeah. and lock it down, yeah, go back to back tournaments, and then hope we have a great World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did want to do a shout out real quick to Club Soccer is Approaching. Liverpool and Tottenham preseasons are about to begin Ooh. and they are at their camps. Like a lot of the players are reporting now and Liverpool is starting to look healthy. Look out. <laughs> <laughs> Where, uh, where's Harry Kane reporting to? Don't. You don't know. <laughs> Home right now. Home. <laughs> He's probably, he home. probably is taking a break. A lot of the players in the yeah. tournament traditionally do, and then there'll be late additions to the camp. How long is the EPL preseason? Usually starts in August, so I think we got about a month. So the yeah. club soccer starts in August. Yep. Or the preseason starts. No, the EPL season traditionally wow. does, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. So, so let me double check, fact check, Dave. Well, it seems like there's <laughs> a lot of rumors flying around about where this player is going to go, who's going to be signed where. Is there yeah. not a rule in terms of that has to happen before the season starts? There is a international transfer market, and there are openings okay. for when you can make transfers, and then the window closes. Okay. Again, fact check me, Dave. No, but, you're right. No, that, uh, that's it's coming up soon. I don't know the exact date, but well, I'm okay. pretty sure this like whole I summer said, it's pretty open. Yeah. Okay. And then by, when August closes, it's a little different for each league, but not very. It's like it. It's like a week difference, and they're trying to not make it any different at all. Um, I believe it's the end of August. Once August 31st is over, EPL teams are done with transfers. And then it yep. opens okay. up in January. It will close again. August 31st. And the first game is for the EPL Friday, August 13th, 2021. So we're very close. It's a quick turnaround, like go couple wrap up. And then we'll we'll have the Olympics kind of be the bridge. And then we'll jump right into the EPL. It's going to be and very exciting. Part of the reason cool. that European base players don't really play in the Gold Cup because they're getting resting time as well as the U S organization wants clubs to be happy with the U S whenever they, whenever we decide right. to take Pulisic from Chelsea, th- that's a give and take. Chelsea can also tell us no at certain times in the season. So we need that relationship right. to be nice. Hmm. Wow. There is so much to learn yet about how all of that <laughs> is done. That is yes. way more complex than I think any other sport that I can think of like baseball negotiations can get pretty intense with arbitration and all the rules all over the place, but interesting, a lot to learn there. All exciting things and many more exciting things to come in the world of soccer. If you feel like discussing it, if you want to give us feedback, send us an email, windycitywingers.info at gmail.com. Also do not forget to subscribe Follow, like, 
leave some reviews of our podcast if you've been listening and enjoying it. If you haven't been enjoying it, also leave us a review. Let us know how we can do better. Need some feedback, no matter if it's good or bad. We are up and available pretty much everywhere that you find podcasts. But to mention a few, iTunes, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. Brady, if the people want to reach out to you and discuss statistics, talk soccer, where can they reach you at? I am on Twitter at stat underscore bro. I'm doing a better job of live tweeting our games of the week. And then also anything I write outside of this sphere, I will put out there. Set up your notifications, much follow tweets. Also give our podcast Instagram a follow. We are simply the Windy City. Well, it's not the, just Windy City Wingers. Uh, Find us on Instagram. Give us a follow and we will be doing fun stuff there. Yeah. And Dave, where can the people find you? Yeah, they could find me complaining about why Henderson's not in every game (laughs) at WCW Dave on both Twitter and Instagram. So, Excellent. Looking forward to that. (laughs) As always, thank you to all of our listeners. Greatly appreciate all of you. And we will catch you next week. Peace mode.